Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Creatives Ignite, and I am excited to have my friend Colin Grist on today. So Colin is a part, he's of, well, he's a part, he's a part of something. He's uh, has a business and he, it's um, him and one other person. And I think for most of the people who are here, we're uh, either lonely onlys, we're the only person in our marketing department, or we're part of a small department, or most of the people are like Paul's here from Minnesota. Um, he is a solopreneur, uh, just like I am, working alone as a designer in my own business and solving clients, things. And uh, when me and you talked, we we got to know each other a few years ago, and then we had another conversation pretty recently. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I think you have a story all on your own. Of course, um, we all do. And um but I do think it's really interesting to know. I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do. But I want you to take us through your story because there was a point that you decided, hey, I want to go out on my own. But you didn't or there was a point where you were out on your own and then you said, hey, I want to bring somebody else on. And that's right. not something I've done. But I think it's a actually really scary to do. So I'm very in awe and I want to know, I'm going to ask you lots of questions about how you find found the perfect partner and what keeps it a good, healthy partnership and things like that. So thank you. And I'm excited to have you, Colin. So tell them where you are because you sound different than us, maybe <laughs> than me. Yeah, I've gotten quite a broad Yorkshire accent. So, yeah, so hi, everybody. My name's Cole. Um, I'm based in Bradford, um, which is near Leeds, which is where our office is based, and it's right in the heart of the UK. Um, so I started um, a creative studio called Fume Far in 2018. Um, after after freelancing and being on my own for a little while, and I'm sure we'll we'll dig a bit deeper into that, um, but I'm creative director and co-founder at Fume Far, um, and our whole... Client base now is pretty much charities. So anyone in the third sector, any do good causes. Uh, we do a lot of work with them now. So branding, websites, uh, graphic design, social media, any of that good stuff. Um, all of our commercial learnings over the years, we now take that and help charities. So in in the in the United States, we would call it nonprofits. Is nonprofit? That, yeah. Is there yep. anything kind of different between charities and nonprofits in in regards to the UK? Not really. No, it's it's they we use both terms quite um, you know, free flowing really across the So board, then you so. also said do gooders. So there are some mm -hmm. for profits that also yep. do good. Is that what you're talking about? Do gooders? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So any anyone who you know, for an example could be that there is a business out there making an app that is to help more charities or they're creating a platform. We'd be interested in that. They're not fundamentally a charity themselves or a nonprofit, but they are in the space of helping others at a larger scale. And if we can help them with that. So, you know, we're not trying to cut ourselves off from working with anyone who's not a nonprofit, but we we really want to help people who are trying to help more people. Fundamentally, that's how we work. And I think your tagline is helping people help people, helping people who help people or helping. helping yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. Tell that, me, yeah. tell me what it is. It is I'm going to have to Google it myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, we help charities make our world a better place is the current new one. Um, but it really does boil down to helping people help people because 
Um, I I don't have the power, unfortunately, to change the world at the global level. But if we can help individuals to live a better life and to be in positions where they can make more of a difference, it, it feels like a butterfly effect. So we yeah. try and help people who can help more people who can help a, a, a community or a charity level help, you know, change the world. That's it, it's quite it's quite big scale, but we try and work small to make more of an impact, a larger impact, really. So what, and this wasn't on the sheet, remember the safe word is rooster. If you don't want to answer a question, they all know what the safe word is. They'll just, we're just going to move on. Nobody's going to say anything. They're going to be like, oh, Diane asked a really uncomfortable question, (laughs) right? No worries. No worries. Okay. So in helping charities or nonprofits, Mm -hmm. what, why, why them? What about them makes your heart happy? In my own experiences of working on charity clients, if you like, in a in a previous life. So when I worked for a commercial agency, they had clients who were charities. And I don't think there's any there's anything better than being creative and being able to express yourself. But the client themselves is someone who is doing incredible, inspiring work to try and change the world. So an example for me years and years ago was I worked with WaterAid, who were a really large yeah, yeah. charity who were trying to you know, provide water to third world countries. Mm-hmm. And I got to work with them doing some creative work. And it's that perfect marriage. It's you're being creative, you're being a designer, you're getting to express yourself, but they're doing just awe inspiring work, you know. So it started with that. And along the way, I I kind of lost touch doing that work. I ended up going to a different agency and doing more um, cool work, if you like, more creative work. Um, but the clients themselves were kind of boring, really, like commercial clients, um, not clients I love to work on, but the work was super fun. Um, so when, when starting Few and Far, I wanted to kind of get back to that, to really get back to doing work that mattered, Mm. Not only my, not not only on the level of I want to be able to do cool work and express myself and have fun every day with my business partner, but actually work that leaves a mark and and, mm. and makes a difference uh, to the to an organization or the people that that organization helps. So that was kind of the motivation for it. Done it in a previous life. Wanted to get back to it. Okay, so then tell them um, you and Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. when, uh, we were in a program together, it sounds like we were like an AA, but that's not what it was. <laughs> it was like a coaching business program together with Matt Essam and Matt. y'all were, y'all were doing it as a unit. And, yep. um, and so you and Tom were, and I don't, I guess that was 2021. Yeah. 2020, 2021, some time. Okay. Some along those lines. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to, Tell yeah, my te- story a bit you, about how we got to that. And then, yeah, tell because yeah. so. you met at work at your corporate. That's correct. Position. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but so, te- take them through. Did you study design? I didn't. I'm self-taught. I'm a self-taught designer and developer. So I never, I never went to university. I never went to college. Um, so you saved I, all that money. I'm kind of proud of because I saved all, <laughs> yeah. all that money, but I obviously missed probably a life experience that a lot of you have. Um, you had, you had your own new life. Ex- I think I, it's great. I did. Yeah, so I I kind of um, I was completely self-taught. I'd done it since I was 15, 15 years old. I'm thirty nine now for context. 
Um, I know I look 29, but yeah, 39. So I'd done it since I was 15. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was sort of just helping, you know, freelance, very, very cheap, obviously, when I was very, very young. Um, help pay for my driving lessons, things of that nature, to a point where I built up a bit of a portfolio and I managed to get my foot in the door somewhere where I was doing both development and design for commercial clients. Um, just very ad hoc doing, I was either doing front end development or I was doing design. And then I kind of built up more and more experience in the field and I ended up becoming the lead developer at an agency and I had a team and that was really good, but I felt that I was becoming pigeonholed. I was no longer allowed to be creative. I was no longer doing design. I was literally doing code all of the time. Um, and so I left and I actually dropped down the ladder to become um, a junior designer and then a middleweight designer and then a senior designer. Um, and in my life as a senior designer is where I met Tom, who is now my business partner. So we worked at an extremely large um, studio. It was a 300 plus strong agency, wow. full full service agency, SEO, design motion, everything that you can imagine. Um, but I was only one of two senior designers in the whole business. Tom was lead, I, I want to say lead developer or head of development, one of those, one of those snazzy titles. Um, and he was in the studio. So the studio itself was about 50 strong, just doing website and brand creative, things like that. Um, and I met Tom there and we just got on really well. Um, he wasn't my best friend. I've got, you know, I, I, I met lots of people in the industry over the years, um, got on really well with them. Tom was another one of those people, got on really well with him. We, I found that we collaborated extremely well on projects together, always fighting the good fight for the studio and for the client work and ensuring that the work that we did was always the best it possibly could be. And so I'd met Tom and in my own personal life, I was getting to a point where I felt like I'd done quite a lot in the industry. I'd worked up, you know, the development ladder and the creative ladder. And I felt a bit... Um, stuck where I was. I felt like there was a bit of a glass ceiling and I, I'd, I'd always wanted to have my own business. I'd always wanted to go freelance and kind of see a bit more of what other agencies were doing, what other studios were getting up to working on different work. So I decided at one point to just hand my notice in at my job where Tom worked and go on my own. And I went solo for, I think, 18 months. And So like what was year a, was that? That would probably be 20... 19 i want to say okay i think no that's a lie it was 2017 so <laughs> did you start 2016 2017 as that name no no okay, i was so just i was just calling calling Gris limited very boring that's my full <laughs> name um and it was basically in just a freelance and consultancy um you know role um i got to work in different agencies working on brand projects website projects all that kind of stuff um, and the pay was fantastic. It was great. But I did feel after about 12 months of doing that, that I was almost back where I was. I was still doing work that was given to me because somebody else couldn't do it. And it might not be the greatest work. Um, I could make the most of it and the money was good, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled by the projects. Mm. And it's quite difficult as, and I, I'm, I don't know if anyone else feels like this on the on the call, but when you go into a different business and you don't work there and they probably know that you're being paid more than they are or that, mm. that you are a freelancer, you're kind of a rival. It doesn't, it didn't make me feel um, welcome a lot of the time. Mm. Um, I, 
I'm not, it's not a criticism of anywhere I worked, but I did feel a little bit like I was my own and I was a bit isolated and that even though the people were nice, I never really felt like I fit in and I'd mm. lost what I actually loved about working in agencies, which is having great friends, working on great projects and being collaborative about it. So I'd got to this point where I was on my own. The money was really good. But I, I just had this longing for like, I, I I felt that what I'd wanted to do when I was 15, 16, which was to set up my own agency, became this sort of calling that I needed to do. And the whole reason I reached out to Tom was because I just felt like I couldn't do it on my own. I was doing it on my own anyway, and I was becoming lonely. I was becoming bored. Mm -hmm. I was becoming isolated and the work was good. The money was good, but that whole collaborative nature that having someone to bounce ideas off of was completely lost, which I think you do struggle with when you're on your own. You're a solopreneur. It's really hard sometimes, right? Unless you have groups like this or mentors or forums or WhatsApp groups to bounce ideas off of, it, you can become quite lost and isolated and not really know where you're at with things. And it's fun to do stuff with other people or to bounce ideas. Or it, to, is. it is. It's just... it. Uh, so I would, I think I would get lonely if I didn't have interaction with other people. And I mean, I've done a lot of interactions online and yeah. that, it, that satisfies me. Um, but yeah. I do think it's really important to not just be so stuck in your head. So that's pretty amazing that after a year, a year and a half, 18 months, you made that decision. So you reached out to Tom was it like, mm. hey, man, do you want to come do this with me? Or are you like, can I just yeah, tell you it, my it, sob story? Like, what did I do that was wrong? Yeah. So I, I I, just decided what had happened was while I was freelancing and contracting, I'd actually had a bit of a project come in that was quite technical and I'd taken probably on too much. And I, I, I was actually a bit out of my depth with it on a technical level. And I actually reached out to Tom randomly about that because he 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 was working full-time job, loved it, was quite happy doing that, was never interested in freelancing or, you know, doing anything on the side, if you like. But he helped me with it and he, he did a really, really good job on it. And I'd never forgot that. That had been a, quite a while in the past. And I'd never forgot that bit of work that he'd done. And so when it came to me deciding... I, I don't want to be a freelancer anymore. I can't imagine me being a 65-year-old freelance designer. I'm really starting to struggle with this whole vision of what my life looks like. I, I actually think I need to start a business and have people who work for me who can take over from me when I'm old <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Tom just stood out as someone I thought I could really do this with because we'd, we'd worked together and it had gone well Um I'd read quite a bit of things about never, never going to business with your best friend. It's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And, and we actually weren't best friends. We were, we were good friends, but we weren't best friends. Um, but we quickly became good friends. And, and when I'd left uh, the agency that we worked at, we'd kept in touch, you know, not all the time, but we kept in touch. And so when I was thinking about people to, to work with, I did think of best friends. I thought of people I barely knew as well. And I, I, I think Tom, he just encapsulated everything that I wanted in someone who was technical. He had the same ethos and, and, and morals as I did. Um, he was he was young and he was driven. He was very, very good at his job, um, had good experience already. And I just felt like he would make for a really good, good partner. 
And so what I did was I just randomly texted him and said, do you want to go for a drink? <laughs> do you want to go for a drink? Um, and that evening, sorry, it was the night before, I actually thought I might write down some things about what I'm actually trying to say. So a few slides. I thought I'll put a few slides together. And it was really my vision for I want us to do work together. I'd like you to join me in doing that. I, I, I see us doing this type of work and working with these types of clients. Um, and what was supposed to be a few slides ended up being about I think, genuinely about 175 <laughs> slides of, of work examples and clients I wanted to work with and videos I'd seen that inspired me of other people who went out and did it in the world um, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think he just, I, I think I just blew him away with the, just the amount of things um, I showed him. And actually, he said he didn't say yes when I saw him. Um, but in a way, was, that's good, you know, like it, he it was. thought about instead of being like impulsive, like yeah, another it, good example of a trait of somebody. Yeah. It okay, kept me, keep going. It kept, it kept me waiting. It kept me hanging <laughs> on. So, yeah. So what had happened is in this period of time when I'd gone freelance and I'd been doing that like 18 months, he'd actually left the agency we worked at. And had gone to another agency and he had a really good job there. He was paid really well and he got some really good projects that he was working on. And for him, that was what was important. He had some good work going on and was being paid well for it. And, and that was it. And I think that's where me and Tom have always been quite different. Like, so that's where our dynamic works quite well. He's very, he wants to play. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but he likes to play things safe and secure and know that he's got work on. And I've always been the one to hand my notice in at a job, go work on my own, stop doing that and start a business, all of that kind of stuff. And I think that works quite well for us. But yeah, he he said no. He said, I'm, I don't, I'll go away and think about it. But right now I'm quite happy where I am and I've got a, this really good project coming up and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, Don't cool. you so, think that the earbuds, the Apple earbuds, they pop out of your mind. You must have oh, little ears. Like that one you keep pop. I, I, this is why I hate those Apple earbuds. Cause they, if you're horrible. talking mine, like, bloop, like they, know. Th my some, ears throw them up. I need some big can. No, you're good. But... You, you're good. I just cool. keep noticing and my have the same. No, yeah. no, I don't care. I just <laughs> finally it's somebody else who can't wear these e Apple yeah. earbuds. OK, yes. back to you. Back to the story. OK, so. Yeah. So he he walked away just being like, I'm quite happy where I am and I've got this good project coming up. And and I was like, OK, so I felt a bit not defeated, but I was like back to the drawing board because I'd already decided that I'm going to go do this. What am I going to do next? I'll, I'll, I'll let him. I said to him, like, let us know in a few weeks. Have a, have a, have a, have a sleep on it. Speak to your wife about it, or soon to be wife at the time. Um, and yeah, I think within a few days he got back to me, and he'd actually he decided, um, to change his mind because the project he was excited about at work fell through, and so it was funny that. Really, now he'll probably look back at that and laugh that a project was almost stopping him from doing a business in a way. Because I think a lot of people are in that mindset of like the work is always the most important thing and not really about what you want and where you want to be in life. Um, so I think we'll always look back at that and kind of laugh. Um, but he decided, okay, um, and he needed some persuading. I had to speak to him about how well I'd been doing and that I'd managed to get my own clients and I was doing my own work um, and all of that kind of stuff. 
And yeah, he handed his notice in with his job. Um, he, he gave them like a six month notice, like a massive notice. So I was sort of working on my own for ages and all of this kind of stuff. And anyway, that is, well, is that normal in the UK? Uh, we no, are like uh, a two like, week notice over yeah, here. Yeah, a four, a four week notice is, is not Standard. is the norm. Okay. But for someone who's sort of senior, so like me and Tom at that time, a three month notice isn't strange. Unheard of. It's quite, okay. it's quite, it's quite common. But he, he gave them double because he was like, they've been so good to me. And I think he was obviously a bit insecure and unsure as well about, is this even going to pan out in the in the very, very short term, let alone like the long term? So anyway, we we started and we we were incorporated as a business in 2018. The first year was obviously just, can we even, is this even a good idea? Like, can we prove, can we pay our, can we pay our wages? So is the first year you're, is six months of that year um, calls? I mean, Tom's still working at I, I think the other months, for yeah, some of that time. Okay. Three to four months roughly was. I think we were incorporated in about the October. And I don't think he really started with us till I want to say February or March. So And was, so at, at this point, you're working at your house and he's working yes. at his house? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So we started out just working completely remotely, him from home, me from home. Um, and the work we had was just, it was anything we could get and also the clients I already had. So it was like, can we either ramp up the clients I've got and offer them more services such as development or can we get new ones? Um, and that's really what we did year one. It was like really nice brand, really nice website. Let's launch it, have a bit of hype around us. If you like, we won a few awards for the work that we'd done on our own website and hope that was enough really that was that's what we did year one we were just trying to prove to ourselves that we could do it that we could generate work that we could do work and that we were getting on and working well and we how did are that. you how are you getting some of the clients that you had was it were you going were you networking was this part of the no. job that you had put on your shoulders or was it yeah, all well, word of mouth well, I think that was one of the problems we eventually ended up with, with the, uh, which is why we met met yourself, is that a lot of it was word of mouth. It was because I'd worked at agencies and I'd been freelancing there and I'd contracted there and someone knew me and recommended me here. But that didn't really work then when we were a business anymore. It didn't really work as an agency. And so we were just taking on anything that we could get. We were taking on work, you know, via email. We we were doing very little in the way of us going out and putting ourselves out of our comfort zone and trying to sell our business mm. and our ideas to people. Um, and year one, we did it. Like we, we, we managed to uh, make a profit year one, survived, um, and we were exhausted at the end of but it. But you were well. also did a brand, did a new website, everything yeah. in that first year. It wasn't like... Yes. Because yep. few and far, can you tell us about how you got that name? Yeah, I can actually. We we spent a weekend um, trying to trying to work out the name, and I read a few books. One of those books is called um, "Don't Call It That," which I would highly recommend. Um, I can't remember who the author is. Let me just. It's okay. I can that. look it up. You keep talking. Yeah, co don't call it that. And another one was called "Run Studio Run." And so don't call it that is all about coming up with the best name possible for your business. You go through exercises about um, an, an example is write down 10 horrible names that you would never call your business. And it's, it's a really good way of just getting the bad ideas out before you discuss the good ideas. 
And the, the name few and far comes obviously from the saying um, few and far between. So things are few and far between. Um, and when I just saw it in a book, I just thought, we had this all ethos of wanting a small agency. We'd worked at 300 plus agencies where you get um, departmentalized and people work in silos and people don't collaborate. And we wanted the opposite of that. We wanted to keep things small, expert, people can bounce off one another with ideas. So the word few obviously is a really nice representation of that. The few, there is a few of us. Mm -hmm. But we also want to take things far and work and do really, really good work. So it worked really nicely for us at the time. It stood out in a list of, I think, four or five names that we shortlisted. Um, and yeah, so we 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 settled on the name, incorporated as a business, um, created the brand, created the website, had a photo shoot done. Um yeah, yeah, we did we did quite a lot in year one and did work. As right. Well. So, but you were taking anything and everything. At anything that point. and anything, because we were like, well, we don't know what's going to come next. So we were taking all of it on. And that continued through into uh, 2019 and 2020, which was obviously the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So um, we took even more work on. But the reason we took more work on was because we were obviously we didn't know what was going on in the world. We didn't know. Right. You know, clients, yeah. were, clients were walking away. Clients were going online when they'd never been online before. So we were actually generating more work and business than we'd ever done. But we were in a position of not being able to turn anything down. We were obviously frightened like everybody was. We were just taking on everything. And so we were even more exhausted. So no niche still. You're, no niche. So the, nope, just but you're, commercial you're, work. You're reading. You read lots of books. Do you I read do. lots? Okay, so you read lots of books. Was Tom reading lots of books? I'd Not as I much. Read the books. I read the books <laughs> on his behalf, I'd say. Yeah. You're the librarian there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's just the two of you, no other people. You're working from home. Correct. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not the case now. You have, there are more people on the team. So then we're, I mean, mm -hmm. I, one of the things that amazes me about you, Carl, is that you have this vision of, and this very self, oh, you're very self-aware that this isn't what I imagined. Um, mm. And it instead of like waiting 20 years to be like, this isn't what I imagined. 18 months <laughs> he does it, you know, like mm -hmm. that is, yeah. that's really, um, that's uh, unheard of. Um, but I, but I, I think, I think really it, it almost was 20 years in the making though, because when I was young, I was like, I'm going to run my own design agency. But I was just not. I didn't have the experience. I wasn't technically very good then. I had so much to Who learn. Who is? Who's good at yeah, 15? Yeah. And, and I, I think I think the the things that I learned over the years, the good and the bad, um, you know, being made redundant at jobs, um, having great projects, award-winning projects, having projects that have gone awful. That's all things that really set me up, I suppose. Um, so I, I think when I tried freelance, which I thought was like the dream, and I thought after a little bit, it's quite lonely. Mm. You know, that was when I thought quite quickly, I'm going to start a business and start an actual agency. Um, so, yeah, so after after the, the the initial year, we were into sort of the pandemic and we still had no niche. We were just working with anybody who would work with us. Um, and it was really, it, it ended up being a position where we were trying to provide really, really high quality work because that's something me and Tom have always believed in and championed, but really for as cheap as possible. And it's, it's this awful balance of mm. it. That wasn't even worth doing at the end of it is how, how a lot of it felt. And I think 
after that was probably two and a half years. At this point as well, we'd actually, um, we had an office space we were sharing with other people. Um, like when and, did you do the office space? Because like in, tw- was this before the pandemic? It, it was actually, yeah, it was. Um, we'd been in it probably six months, I think. Uh, maybe a bit longer than that. We And it was quite good. We were sharing with two other people and they were both freelancers who were designers. So it was quite cool. We had like a nice little group of four. Um, but obviously with the pandemic hitting, I was never in the office. Tom was never in the office. Right. But we continued to pay for the office because it was worth us keeping it for the cost of it. Because it was quite a, it was like for a, for like new businesses. So like, like a little hub, effectively mm-hmm, like a creative mm-hmm. hub. Um. But yeah, we it got to a point where we were at home. Uh, we weren't able to hang out. We were working on projects that were making us feel a little bit miserable, um, mm. not really making any money. And so we went on a, a course. And the reason for that was to help us try and generate our own clients who we wanted to work with, not just okay. who was coming to us. Okay, so when, so are you just like a journaler like how are you being so self-reflective do you take walks because (laughs) i want to know how you are like cluing into some of these things and maybe i'm just an idiot that i just don't i'm not smart enough um but like it seems like you do do you do self-reflection because you're coming up with these like hey we i see that you know we're making money but we're running ourselves ragged, which sometimes it can take people mm. like 20 years of running ragged. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what, I think what we did was we, at, at one point we reflected on, we actually re- looked back at the presentation I showed Tom and it was like, are we doing what we sort of said and what we set out to do? And I think we looked at that and went, we're doing some of it, but overall not really. And like how often, I, I, like if you're working all the time, I'm sorry, I'm like mm-hmm. going back to this. You That's and good. you and Tom are working all the time. You, you're the pandemic's over. You're back in the office some days, right? Maybe not yep. all days. Mm-hmm. So how are you having time to even look back or do you eat lunch together? Are you talking about, do you have specific times in your, your week that is like a business meeting with the two of you? Do you have like partner? Me- okay. Okay. Well, we do, we do now. And I, <laughs> I, I, I think again, this is, it got to a point. Uh, oh, Tom's in the chat. Actually. I know Tom's here now. Bath time um, and bedtime are I over. Can't, I can't talk bad about it now. <laughs> no. So yeah, it got to a point, I think where we both felt that like we were losing, losing it a little bit, like losing a grip <laughs> of where we were. We were doing loads and loads of work. Um, never stopped through the pandemic. And I think it got to Christmas. It got to the holiday period where we actually closed for Christmas for some downtime. And it felt, I think it felt like the first time we'd, 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 we'd breathe for a, a year. Like I felt like it, it was like, right. and I think we needed that moment of reflection. And I don't think it was long after that, that we decided to get some support and some coaching and, and be like, we, this isn't really going the way we want it to go. It's, it's great, but the work isn't particularly fun to do for these types of clients. Mm-hmm. And we we were trying to grow the business, but we just hadn't got any time to w- focus on it. And I think that's right. kind of what you were getting at, that like we never had an opportunity really to concentrate, okay, this day I'm going to work on the business and this day I'm actually going to do production work. It was basically 
Monday to Friday production work. It was fires. You were just putting yeah. out fires, trying to yeah, help other being, people with their businesses. And being you didn't very have... reac- reactionary to right. work and clients and, and sales and losses and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think it put us in a, a bad position, a bad situation. Um, and I don't, I don't believe for a moment that either of that ever wanted to give up on the business. I think it was just, we were at a point where we're like, we're going to have to do something different. Otherwise we are going to end up wanting to scrap it all. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how we how we formed and how we were up to a point before we niched. Um, and then we met you when we went on a on a course. And that was really good. And what we learned on the course was um actually about self-reflection, to be honest, a lot of it. It's about questioning what you really want from the business and also what you want from your life. And um there's a thing that you do as part of the course that we were on called the river of life. And if anyone's ever heard of that um, and has, has done it, you'll probably understand the value in that. And if not check it out, um, the river of life is an opportunity really to look back at your life and almost mark out the really important things that happened in your life, both good and negative. And um, as a, as a business owner, I think that's really valuable because it helps frame the person you are today, it helps kind of look back and go, well, that's why I believe in uh, talking about mental health, for example, or that's why it's really important that um, I love music so much or, or whatever. And me and Tom did that. And I think because we are two people running a business together and everyone else on the course actually was solopreneurs, um, it was harder for us, but it was so good that we did that because I felt like I really got to know Tom a lot more than I ever had before because you have that like really open and honest forum to talk about mm-hmm. life experiences that don't, they don't just come up in day-to-day conversation. Right. Um, and it really helped frame my vision for wanting to get back to helping charities because I'd had that experience, but Tom hadn't. So when we were trying to niche on this course, we had this kind of, um, we weren't at loggerheads, but we had this kind of like, he, he couldn't, he, he had no experience of it. So why would he niche into something that he's got no experience right. of? And I was like, I really want to do that. So we had this thing, um, but we, we finally got through that. And the way we got through that was actually by um, helping a charity with their, their uh, brand and website. And we did it for free. We did it pro bono at the time, just as a, as a, almost a Test. donation. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was actually before the niching, but it was it just came at a time where we were like, yeah, we'd love to help a charity. They were a local to us. They were really quite a big charity helping homeless and the vulnerable in the city that we work in. And we were like, okay, but the, it's so funny how thinking about a niche and helping charities, and then we started to see the effects that the work we'd done had in a positive light for this charity. It just seemed to marry up perfectly at the time. Um, and so we did that. Um, yeah. Do you want me to keep going? Okay. So, so, um, <laughs> no, I have some more questions. Okay. So, yeah, go for it. so let's go into, and this may be sticky. Remember the safe word is rooster. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. okay. So did you, when you formed the partnership, did you, oops, see, it's rejecting the earbud just popped out. If you're just listening, it <laughs> calls not even Nightmare. talking and his earbud popped out. Um, so did you form like a legal binding something with the 
the partnership? Do you have Ooh. like, uh, so if something happened to mm. you or Tom and you died, who would mm-hmm. that half of the business go to? I know that seems really bad, but, or if you are like, you know what? Uh, or Tom's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. What do you do? So how do you buy out? Yeah, as or a, how? Well, as, as, a, as a business, when we incorporated, you have to state who are like the directors basically of, of the business mm-hmm. and you can state like a split and it's 50-50 split on the ownership of the business. Um, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I, I'm assuming, I think legally Tom just takes over 100% of it. Um but I'm not sure. Tom anyway, um, uh, I was having lunch with somebody who's here today and, um, oh, yeah. and we were talking about things like that. And, and mm. those, my sister was in a partnership and he didn't die, thankfully, but he just, uh, it wasn't, um, he was just not interested in doing. He, yeah. And he wasn't spending his time doing those things. So they had a contract where it was, she, gets to buy him out and Mm -hmm. um, she gets to have the name or he would get to have the name, you know, if one of them was choosing to leave. Um, And then, and then what else was that stuff? Anyway, maybe something to look into at the next uh, weekend with few and far. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, But, but I think those things can be important because you don't know legally in America Mm-hmm. I could give um, the rights to my business to my husband. Mm-hmm. And then he, I mean, say I have a partner, Judy. Judy's my mm-hmm. partner. I don't know Hi, like Judy. Judy, but Hi, Judy. let's just say Judy's my partner. Mm-hmm. Judy's like, what? You know, like, but maybe because you had to do the, who are the people? Uh, I don't know. But I, I anyway, I, I just think that, then you're stuck with trying Judy's grieving or no, John's grieving. And now John and Judy are trying to run a business. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's like uh, recipe for disaster, you know, like anyway, it might be just something, but okay. So then in this, how do you decide who does what? So I know Tom does the programming and maybe you're doing design, but Mm -hmm. what about like uh, sales or going out? Do you both do that? Do you have to do it even? Do you have to say, hey, you only brought in 12,000 and I brought in, you know, 80,000. Hey, buddy, Mm -hmm. you got to up your game. Or is this more of your thing than it is of Judy's thing? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, obviously, as a as a as a discipline, yes, Tom heads up the technical aspects of the business and I head up the, the creative aspects of the business, but the rest of the responsibilities are shared and we try and share them as much as we can. There can be times where Tom does really well and gets loads of sales in and then I get none and, and then I can get them and he doesn't, and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's not a competition. It's about mm. us raising the business up together um, I, I do all of, I do a lot of the comms. Um, I actually did a lot of the speaking engagements and things like this, but Tom is doing really well. He's, he's got a bit more confidence and he's doing them now as well. So that's just, it's a way that, you know, I, I'll do it because I'm comfortable with it. You're not yet, but it doesn't matter. But now he is, and that's really good. Um, he does all the accounts cause he's just good with numbers and I'm awful with it. Um, so it, it's just, it's very collaborative. Um, and I think that the thing that we've learned by running the business for a while now is that 
our actual disciplines as designers and developers are almost, they're not the least important thing, but they are the thing that we can give to other people. We running the business, being the face of the business, hmm. speaking with charities or nonprofits, helping those clients. That's really where we bring the value being consultants and supporting them and helping them mm-hmm. and, 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 and having nonprofits um, engage with us and want to work with us. That's what gets us the work and generates interest in us as people. Um, and the, making a nice design or developing a nice website is it's quite low on the like we're really good at that but as running a business and the hats that you the different hats that you wear that's just one of the many um so so yeah we try and split all the the responsibilities of you know who's doing this call or who's taking that sales call or who's going to this networking event um is very much we try and do we try and both be on them all but obviously that's not always the case just with time and resource and things like that but yeah, we we. I hope Tom doesn't think it's a competition because I certainly don't. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so so in this, um, mm-hmm. you have you're sharing the load, which I do think is good. Are you setting a yearly or quarterly goals, and then do you have these weekly or monthly meetings that's just you and Tom, where you're talking about, hey, I want to us to go for this or or do you know what i mean or is this more like like not scheduled i feel like if judy there is no judy but if there was a judy i would just be like oh we can do that some other time like we need to do the work that that it seems like something i would need to schedule in i yeah it it is something that we 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 try and schedule in i i think that the we'd learn in the first few years that when all we're doing is the work you don't even have time to think about where the next work's coming from. And I think it's really, really important as a business owner that you are ahead of the game with your pipeline of work that you know, you're not just reacting to whatever's next because you're never actually going to get into a position where you're doing what you want to work on. You just, I'll take this on. I'll react to that. I'll react to this. Mm. So we, we, we actually do a lot of um, planning around resource in the studio. Now Um, we actually say no to work if we can't do it. Um, was that hard? We, was that a hard thing to learn to do? Because that um, I've had you, conversations, you, you know, you know, that was hard to do because you've done it yourself. So I absolutely yes, very, have. very hard. Yes, so how did you did you do it small, like a small company or like you were just doing a small thing for this bigger company and you just started mm-hmm. saying no and you pointed them like what was your because I think this is like a baby step thing. You may have been a risk taker and are like, OK, we're not going to do mm-hmm. this anymore, but. It's good that Tom's like, let's wear our water boots to work because <laughs> let's have safety, right? Like we yeah. we need that because yeah, it. So I have to do things in baby steps before I can really, um, yeah. just completely leave something. Commit to what? the big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the same. That's the same for us. We 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 had obviously gone from working a few years where we said yes to everything and we'd never said no um the no always came from the client like you're too expensive mm-hmm. or you're you know you can't deliver it quick enough um and so it was baby steps with us we 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 started to when we niched into the into uh nonprofits we were taking on nonprofit work that that was less money than commercial work that we'd been doing but it was about getting into the space and and understanding more and learning from those charities that we were helping understanding the problems they were going through, trying to make a difference, building out the case study, if you like, the portfolio. Um, and the more that we did of that, the more 
larger nonprofits we were helping, uh, the better causes we were helping. And it would sometimes just align with the fact that we had taken on this work and then this opportunity came along and we just physically couldn't do it. We could have, we could have physically done it, but we would have been absolutely burnt out and it affects the business. It affects the planning, the accounting, the emailing, the networking, it affects everything. The we, we, we can take it on, but the whole business will have to be put on pause. Is it worth that? Is there, is there an amount that you can put on that, that it's worth it? And a lot of the time there isn't. Um, there might be a life-changing project sometimes where that's the case, but more often than not, when you have to balance running the business and taking on more work than you can do, you know, it's, you've got to go with that option. So um, it was kind of baby steps with us, but we're in a position now where we have quite a lot of work on and we can be a bit more selective with the projects. We can be a bit more selective with the clients as well, because if we have a call and we're like, oh, not, not quite sure the vibe was there and we, the relationship yeah, was there. Yeah. We can just go, it's not worth us proceeding with that. So we're quite lucky now that we're getting into that kind of space. It's like the right earbud. You can be like, look, <laughs> it's just not a good this thing. Yes. Oh, I have people it. like that too. Sometimes um, I was just trying to make an analogy with the right earbud. I hate those earbuds. I mean, I literally so have, my, these are this, much this one's nicer. never. The left one has never moved. It's it's. Fine, I know it's good. It's, it's totally controlled. Have to like hang it off the. That's why I had to buy other ones. Um, okay, so then you you have a team now. It's not just you and Tom. And Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's four of us now. Okay, so then when did you add number three? And in America, to do go from just partnership to now having employees is. It's like a big step. There's a lot more paperwork. I don't know if it's the same over there. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and it's it's really hard. Not not only getting into a position financially and, and stability-wise to, to hire, but then trying to hire and finding people who can come in and, and help and bring value to the business. Um, and we actually, when we were doing the, the course and trying to understand our niche, and where we truly wanted to be, we had that much work on that we we hired. We tried to hire just because we were like, there's so much work. Let's get a developer in. Um, and really what we learned from the course was that it wasn't about taking on more and more work and having staff just do loads and loads of work. It was about working with people and organizations you want to help and being able to say no. Like, <laughs> And that that was one of the biggest learnings from the course. And so... When we hired that person, it just didn't really work out because we had to we had to almost start saying no and stopping the business to concentrate on us and and making the business be the the way it needed to be moving forward. Otherwise, it was no longer going to exist. Um, and so, hiring at that time for us didn't work out. Um, there wasn't enough work. Um, they mm -hmm. they I think they were struggling as well, and and it just didn't work out. So. When that didn't pan out, I think we paused for about a year on recruitment, and me and Tom kind of went back to went back to basics and started just concentrating solely on the on the the, uh, the nonprofits that we were helping and trying to help out in any way possible. Um, and we've then we've we've then built back up the business in the way it needs to be to a point where we're like we can now hire everything that we say is true, everything that all of the clients that we have are our own. Um, that we have that we can prove that we can generate business and get new clients ourselves now without this kind of 
I hope something happens. I hope someone emails right, us. Now right. it's, we're, we're in a much better place to go out and network and converse and, and convert to sales than we were. So we got to a point where we hired uh, Kat, who's a designer. So she works kind of alongside me uh, and she's amazing. And then we've just hired um, Christina, who's a developer who's working under Tom. So we've now got like a designer and a developer who can really help and it's what I mentioned earlier about running the business still has to be me and Tom, and that takes up all of our time. Those production tasks, being a designer, working on brands, working on websites, building websites, other people can help us with that. And that's where we're trying to go with it now and, and getting people in to help us at a good level. Do you so, miss yeah. doing the creative? No, because I still do a lot of it. Okay. Um, but I am I, I know and I learned a long time ago that eventually it won't be – part of my day-to-day job. And I'm quite content with that. I don't know if Tom is, if he's content with not coding anymore, <laughs> because I know I know Tom actually, as a hobby, codes. He likes to just do it in his... He can work all day coding. He does it in his dreams. He does it in his dreams, yeah. Mm. does it in his nightmares. <laughs> um, uh, but, but I'm quite content that, like, I've, I've done it for 20, 25 years now, and I don't think I'll still be doing it in another 25 years. And I'm quite content with that. And I'd, it it maybe is different between a designer and a developer. Um, but I think for me, that's all part of this journey of creating a business and a legacy that I can leave behind and other people who are younger and better at it mm. than I am can can take over from it. So, yeah. So it, it is a really, it's a different mindset of how you're looking at your business than just when I retire, the business closes, you're really le- thinking of that. And so maybe that's another thing that is really important in finding a partner, a partner who also wants to leave a legacy instead of just retire and close his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think though it- it's funny because I mentioned earlier about where Tom was at, at at that point in his life. And I actually don't think he was interested in leaving a legacy. Like he, he was, I'm, I'm happy to work somewhere. I'm working on good projects and so I, I think I think for him, it's been quite a, a nice discovery that that's actually what he does want now and, and that it's sort of changed. And um, yeah, it, it's kind of changed his, his, his sort of vision, I suppose, and focus. And whereas I've always had that, it's really nice now that we kind of align on that before. Mm-hmm. So um, Courtney has a question. She said, how do you how was the transition um, to, to managing, managing employees mm. for you. Cause this can be, so mm-hmm. managing contractors is different than employees. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think I found it the most natural thing in the world because, um, and I think, I think Tom does as well, because we were, we were both in positions in, in large scale companies, agencies where we were leaders of teams. We were senior designers, lead developers we already had juniors middleweights who worked under us in in a previous life effectively so and i'd always enjoyed that part i've always enjoyed helping new designers and helping them understand the rules and like what you can do and what you can't do and like how to manage a project and manage your time and uh you know all that kind of stuff so when bringing people in it just feels like a very natural extension of all of that stuff that i did but I've never had any formal training in that or like how to be a good em- employer. It's all just at the time, they're just another colleague and you're in a position where you want to help them and nurture them. Mm. And I just see that now as 
exactly the same thing. It's just they now work for me rather than we both work for somebody else. Um, so yeah, I th- it's, it's been quite natural and, and that's how we want to run it. We want the business to be quite uh, like flat hierarchically. Like, yes, we are the, the co-founders and the, mm-hmm. the directors, but really we're not going to have all these tiers and there's all these different people. It's about keeping it small, having few, which is in the name, and then all being really good at it. And the only way they can be really good at it is if we give them all of our time and attention to be as good as possible, They'd be as, you know, do the best work that they can do. So, um, Courtney says she yeah. loves that. That was a great answer. Okay. Thanks, Courtney. All Thanks, right. Courtney. So we will rapid fire these. Um, yeah, sure. What keeps you interested and excited about working with nonprofits or charities? The the more the more charities that we meet, they all have the same problems. They all struggle with di- digital is very new in the world in the grand scheme of things. And the third sector or, or non-profits, if you like, are unfortunately a lot of the time very behind the times. You know, they're, they're old organizations. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they've been around for, for 100 years, but they almost still act like that it's 100 years ago a lot of the time. They all have websites or they're all on Instagram, but they don't, they don't really understand the potential mm-hmm. of that. They don't understand how important their website can be for raising online donations or to explain their cause, or to talk about their story. And so what really gets me excited is when you meet a nonprofit who they're all obviously incredible and they're all doing amazing work and helping loads and loads of people. But when you meet them and what you see about them online just just completely doesn't reflect one another, you think, oh my God, I could make such a difference to mm. how you your perception, how you are presented online and make such a difference to the cause and like help more people view your website, give you online donations, go to your fundraising pages. That stuff is really what kind of excites me because it means if if they're making more money through donations and and you know they're making a bigger impact. They're helping more people, they're helping the environment, they're helping the world. So that's really what kind of excites me about it still that's cool okay so what um this is this is why we have uh a a thursday show instead of a wednesday show i want you to tell them (laughs) what you do on wednesdays so you've just Mm -hmm. had a baby that's one thing um seven weeks old seven weeks only Mm -hmm. whoa i guess because weeks yeah i mean little very little um Um, okay. So what kind of things do you do outside of work? Obviously Tom's just doing coding all the time. He says he's a programmer. He's always going to be a programmer. It's just what he does. (laughs) And that's what he said in the chat. I love that. But what are things that you do outside of work that, um, that keep your creative juices flowing? And one of them is the thing, the reason why Mm -hmm. we couldn't have done the show Mm -hmm. yesterday. Yeah. So, um, well, the first, the first thing is actually speaking openly about mental health. So I I actually started a few years ago um, a blog and magazine, which is about mental health in the creative industry specifically, because I think as designers, we all struggle with the pressures of working, you know, t- time-sensitive work. The pressure ultimately lands on your shoulders to deliver something that's really beautiful and really impactful and makes a big difference and that the client's going to love it. Um I think at points we've all suffered with like creative block um, and things like that. 
And so through my own experiences in my own life where I've had like issues with my own mental health, I, I, I created a magazine and blog called Pressures and Perspectives, which is interviews with creators such as designers, photographers. Why didn't chefs. you send me that link? Well, I'm just telling you about it now. Okay. So- Precious <laughs> and Perspective? I'll put it. I'll put um. I'll put the link in the thing. I just because I don't hear well. Is that what yeah, you yeah. said? Pressures. Oh, so pressures. The, pre- the, the, the pressures. Yeah. <laughs> I you thought go. you said precious. Precious. There you go. Precious and perspective. Yeah. So okay. th- this is a um. Yeah. This is a this is a website, but it's also a physical magazine that I um I created with a, a few a few friends of mine a few years ago, and I'm it's a bit dated now, but I'm really hoping to bring that back in some form because I think the work I do now with few and far is so aligned with yeah who who me and tom are as people for a start and the experiences that we have but the things that we i've always wanted to try and strive to talk more about which is breaking the stigma around mental health um and the second part of that is also to do with mental health but it's it's the physical side so a few years it was similar time to when i started few and far and i was freelancing and i was again questioning you know what do i really want to do um, I was going to a lot of um, uh, physical, uh, a lot of gym classes. I was doing a lot of personal training. Me and my wife were trying to get fit and lose some weight and things like that. Um, and my wife got invited to go to this like dance class. And I got asked to go for moral support. And I, as a guy, I was like, nah, there's no way I'm, there's no way I'm going to this dance class. It's not for me at all. Um, anyway, I went because I'm a good husband and I wanted to support my wife. And I did the class and I absolutely loved it. And I loved it so much that I I pretty much went to every dance class for about two years um, to a point where I thought I could, I could do this. I could teach this class. I'd like to do this. And I thought if I could do it in my area, I could probably help more people um, with the way I felt, which was uncomfortable in a gym, mm-hmm. uncomfortable doing physical exercise in front of other people. Um, and the reason the dance class is so fun is because it's in the dark. So you're not really worried about what other people are doing. So when I decided maybe I could Well, it's do low this, lights. It's not completely dark. I saw no, some pictures, you, you, right? Yeah, yeah, you've got to be able to see what you're doing, <laughs> but it's it's low light, yeah. Um, but I got I, I thought I could really do this. So I looked into what needed to be do, uh, to be done for me to be able to run the class and I had to become an actual qualified gym instructor to do that. So I, I went on a course. Uh, six to eight month course, I think it was. Wow. Passed. And now I've run dance classes every Wednesday night for the last three years, which That's is why we couldn't awesome. do yeah. which is why we couldn't do um last night. Um did but, you have to find your own gym to be able to do this or did you just go to a, a gym around you and said, Hey, I want to offer these classes? No, I, I actually do it in my local uh like village hall or town hall if you like. So they have a a, a nice space there. Um, so it's a really nice local community led thing. Um, but it's been really nice because there's been some nice crossover between my mm. work life at Few and Far where um, mental health charities mm. that we work with and in a design and development capacity have asked me, would you do a fundraiser at your dance class? And I've gone, yes. So th- it's become this yeah. all encompassing thing now where my work life and personal life have, have got this really nice crossover uh, and I really enjoy it. I love that. That is so cool. Um, did you know that in January, I always do mental health month in on yes. the podcast. So maybe you have to come back on and oh, talk about that stuff. But at yeah. somewhere 
um, in the early part of next year, uh, Tom, you're going to have to come on with him and we'll oh, do a show. To. So, okay. Yes. So then um, work-life balance, because I didn't even know about the pressures and perspective. That's so cool. So anyway, I'm putting Sorry you down for January. <laughs> it's okay. Um, oh, I'm going to make sure it was on host and panelist. Oh, boogers. Anyway, um, what's next? What is the next thing for y'all as a business or you as a, a business owner or dad mm-hmm. or dance teacher? Yeah, so I, I think as a as a business owner, the the thing we're striving for is to become a B Corp. Do you mm. know what B Corp mm-hmm. is? So yeah. the the reason that's important to us is because um, not only do we work with good organisations who are trying to make a difference in the world, but we we really want to prove that everything that we say we do is true. And the way of doing that is by documenting it as part of B Corp, because with B Corp, everything you've got to prove everything. Everything that you say about your staff and what you pay them and your your suppliers and the way you run your office and everything has to be to the best it possibly can be for you know for people and planet. So um that's the next big goal. And this again is a reason why hiring um developers and designers is really good because it, it takes the load away from me uh to work on the B Corp documentation. Cause I've kind of taken that upon myself to to do that. Um and so, yeah, so becoming a B Corp, I think, is going to be the next big step for us. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and 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 from a sort of studio side, um, we want to obviously grow, but not grow too much or too fast because we're aware of the, the pitfalls of that um, and try and help some larger charitable organizations. Again, not too large, but I think there's a nice bit of middle ground there. We continue to provide free uh, free services to uh, to nonprofits. We do a lot of webinars and a lot of talks, and I'd like to mm-hmm. continue to do more of those and do them on a larger scale to try and help more more organizations if possible. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, okay. that's kind of where we want to go. So is this is another business question. Is most of the business, the nonprofits that come in, are they somebody who is going to come to you and then for one job, or are they coming to you for someone who's going to be with them for the long haul? Well, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them start out just coming to you for one problem that they've got, and I, I think the reason for that is that um, charities, nonprofits, they're extremely risk averse, as they would be every every pound or every dollar that is spent. You know, right. is normally going towards running the charity, running you know, helping people. So. Mm-hmm. When it comes to marketing and website costs and branding, they're extremely, you know, they're they're very risk averse. They, you know, and so a lot of what we do is just trying to build up a relationship, a rapport with those that they can trust us. So that's why we have things like free services where we can just be like, book on for this free service and we'll audit your website. And you just come to the call and we'll talk you through it. And there's, there's no strings attached. Um and 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 by building up those relationships, they then trust us to do the work. And when we deliver on that work, that's when the discussions then happen about larger projects or could you take over the whole management of our website or could you, we'd like to talk to you next year about a rebrand or things like that. So it's, mm. it's a very, very small thing, but just being a good person and being honest and, and, and not being, um, what's the word? not being attached to the outcome. So like if I, if I, if you're a, if you're a nonprofit and I get on a call with you, Diane, 
and I'm not desperate to work with you. I'm just there to help you and advise you. And that's the end of it for me. Um, I think that goes a long way because you're not attached to the outcome and you're, you're coming from a genuine place of just trying to help. Um, And they appreciate that. And then it comes back in return or, you know, they recommend you to someone else or another charity. Um, And that's working really well for us. And it sounds so simple and it seems so obvious, but we never knew about that until quite recently. <laughs> so, Well, another thing, and this goes back to, I don't know, we're out of time. Well, we're four minutes over. You, I asked you about your plants because, you know, sometimes like some people mm-hmm. in their families, they'll put plants and then they will kill them. And the mm. other, the other member of the family is really the plant waterer, but you mm. are the plant waterer. Well, I, I think me and Tom are plant waterers. Like we've got loads of plants in the office. Um, I've got loads of plants at home. Tom's got loads That's of plants. That's also at home. a mental health thing is plants. It's good. It's good. It's good for the air. Good for your environment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are all they're all real. They're not fake for a start. <laughs> That's um, good. And yeah, I really like it because th- this is my home office, my man cave. And I like looking after the plants. It's it's nice. And we have them in the office. We like to look after them in there. Um, and I think they just make for a really nice environment. I think, uh, you know, it's part of, part of my mental health is like, it's kind of like looking and caring and nurturing those plants. So, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just want to make sure everybody knows, and I want you while after I um, read your URLs and stuff and ways for people to get in touch with you, I want you to tell them about your, the free charity impact optimizer. This is a lead generator for y'all. Um, mm-hmm. So first, let me, uh, it, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on whatever podcast place you're listening to, all these links are at the very top. Um, so the, all, and then all the other stuff is my stuff is there's a line and it's below that. So if you want to know what I thought the uh, show was about, it's there. <laughs> um, so if you can catch uh, Tom and call at few and far, like A-N-D-F-A-R, dot co dot uk and then um you can follow uh call at threads on threads at threads.net slash at c-o-l-i-n-g-r-i-s-t and then on linkedin same thing colin mm-hmm. grist i don't know yep. if i'm saying your last name right perfect okay yep, okay perfect. so then the free charity impact optimizer there's yep. a link. I'm not going to read this one. It's just, it's the second one down. So tell them yep. about what that is and why would somebody who maybe doesn't work with um, nonprofits, why would just um, seeing what this is or why, where, why would they, maybe they do work and they're going to have a nonprofit. Um, why would this be important for a nonprofit? Well, f- for a non, for a nonprofit, um, I'll start with that is that basically all they do is give up 30 minutes of their time for a call and it is a call with me or with Tom and we've already created a bespoke document, which is basically an audit of their website. And it's not, we think you need a new website and it's a selling tool. It's mm. actually, these are changes we think you can do on your own. And and the reason for that is because all of the charities that we have met all struggle with time, with budget um, or a lack of digital expertise. Mm-hmm. So it was our way of giving back and going, here's five things we think you can alter on the current website you've got with very little time uh, to make a difference. 
you know, and it can be simple things such as, did you realize your donate button doesn't work? Can we go and fix that? You know, because that's quite important for you as a, a nonprofit. Right. Um, and the whole point of it from our side as a business or for uh, for other designers who are listening is it's it's an absolute no-brainer opportunity for our niche. Basically, do you want some free consultancy with a bespoke audit and all you do is book a- From an expert. A, yeah, from yeah. an expert. And all you do is book via a calendar link. It's very, very low barrier to entry. Um, and we- they're, they've been so successful for us. We we do one every week. So we allocate a couple of hours on a Friday every week to do one. And we've done probably 100 and, 110, 120 of them now since we wow. started niching. And a lot of them are just, they come along and they love it and they thought it was really, really valuable. And that's the end of the, that's the end of it. And for me, that's enough because it's like, I've helped them. It didn't take me that long. I got to meet someone new. They had really nice things to say about it. And if I get a quote out of it or a testimonial or they tell someone else about it, it was worth it. But some of them and quite a few of them go into that was really, really valuable. Are there other ways in which we can work with you? And then obviously it's that kind of foot in the door for a bigger conversation about how we could support them with their rebrand or their website mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it, it puts you in the... It puts you in their mind for when they're thinking about what's next. And so obviously a lot of nonprofits work on budgets and like we've spent our budget mm -hmm. for this year, but next year we'll yep. have budget be front of mind. So if you can provide some sort of offer to people, whatever niche or whatever sector you're in, that's an absolute no brainer that someone can't turn down. That's, mm -hmm. that's what you really want because it will really, it will ultimately help you learn more about the people you're trying to support, the niche that you want to be in, and it'll get you more conversations than you would ever had before. So I love that. Okay. Um, and just so everybody knows, so uh, I don't know if you know, Carl, but I do a thing during, I don't call it a November. It's called Imaginember. It oh, is nice. um, the whole month of, I know there was Inktober. Well, this is faster than Inktober, <laughs> but every <laughs> year I do something different. Last year I did the blobs. And so this is the little blob. I love books. the blobs. Uh, the blobs, blobs are fun. They're just, you can find things, right? This is still available, $10. But this, it's, uh, Paul was telling me, he's like, man, I printed it out. It's like a book, Diane, you know? So I did change. There is a cover sheet now, Paul, just so you know, there's a new PDF if you want to also do just the cover sheet if you want. But um, it kind of, just in case, if you've, printed it out and you are like what was i supposed to why do i have all these pictures of these rooms well <laughs> i take catalogs or i just got out my southern living and see i just find see that two eyes and he has a nose ring and then there's <laughs> there's one here and then some plants with the nose and they're there i don't know what that was of oh, this one's got his eyes closed anyway but i go through magazines the whole way through and I'm drawing. I thought that looked like a whale. See that big <laughs> nose and the two eyes? I thought it was in like a lion. See? So nice. all over, I am a... Look at that one. You see that little one? Faces in things. Yeah, faces in things. So I think it's fun. It's a creative exercise. So these are all from Unsplash. I think Pippa could do this. She could take pictures, all her awesome pictures. Anyway, um, so they are 42. There are six weeks worth of fun. It's just one a day. And um, 
and I did too. Uh, if I did this one right here, it would have been number three. There's a digital file or uh, you can print them out and it's for the whole month. And then all I'm asking you to do, you give me your email and I send you this packet of stuff. And then I remind you every Wednesday to, hey, here's your next seven. Um, all I ask you is just to try to use your imagination to see something, turn it over, uh, think about perspective, you know, um, I think it's good to exercise our imagination. A lot of times if we're doing all this work, we don't have time to be creative or we don't have, we don't feel like we have time or we don't make space in our world to do something that maybe drew us to this in the beginning. So imagine Ember is just. Um, I just, if you can share it, if you feel bold enough that you can take a picture and put it on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever, and then use the hashtag imagine Ember or imagine Ember 23 or whatever, then that way I can see what you see. It's a couch, but I thought it looked like teeth. Mm, so I drew lips and a nose. Um, but all these are from Unsplash because I didn't want to do illegal like with Southern Living. I wouldn't want to. Oh, anyway, so you guys can join me with Imagine Ember. I have a link if you want to join me in doing this. Um, and I'm making videos and having fun. So there is that. Um, the other thing is if you I'm for the rest of the year, I'm talking about um, Julie Reed's cancer has returned and we are giving money for saving the tatas again for Doc Reed, who was on the show earlier in the um, year. If you want to go, there's also a link for that underneath calls stuff. And then next week I am doing a workshop. I'm just attending. I'm, I just paid for it. I'm just going, but it is a workshop called spread your ideas like a horny rabbit. And it, uh, it is from Chris Martin, who he does all our editing for the podcast. And there, whoop, did it? Nope, of course it. Anyway, this is from Getting Work to Work. So let me copy this again and paste it in. This is the third link or after calls uh, stuff. There's Doc Reed's uh, wife saving the tatas. And then right under that is a workshop that's on November 9th that is not recorded. So it has to be live. And I, I would love to have some people do it with me. Um, I read the description of what it is and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. Um, I need this. So it's about systems and then also not feeling like I have to do just one thing because I feel really yucky if I feel like I can't do the podcast anymore or I can't do client work or I can't do the creative exercises. If somebody said, you can't do that anymore, Diane, you have to just build websites. I feel like part of me would die and it just wouldn't be as fun. So I just don't think that that is what I was made to do. So I really like that uh, he's not telling me to um, only niche. And so I'm excited to take this. I think my mom would probably have been like, horny rabbit, Diane, I do not think that's appropriate. <laughs> but I did not come up with this. And um, I just think it's it's a funny name. So if you want to do that workshop with me, it's not very expensive. Um, and it's going to be good. Anyway, so for anybody who's here, anybody listening, I hope you come and do that workshop with me. And uh, Carl, just thank you so much for all my ads that are at the end. I appreciate you just sitting nicely through them. And your earbud didn't pop out one time at, in that whole thing. I've, I've got a, I've got a lean so it stays in. <laughs> well, I am glad that 
have you today. I'm glad to have you and Tom in sometime um, in the next year. And then we can talk about if you're available in the, on, a, on a Thursday, perhaps when you're not yeah. uh, during the month of January to talk about mental health. Because I also I just think January is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, why it's, is mental health health month, at least in America, it's in May. I'm like, that's when things are bright and shiny and things are blooming. <laughs> we don't need mental health. month. I mean, yes, we need. But it seems like we should do it in the dark and dreary months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Agreed. Well, I will see y'all next next week. Next week. Next week is Mitch Goldstein. He has written a book. Um uh, traditionally, it was for design students, but aren't we all design students always? Really? Anyway, so he says it's for. Uh, well, we're going to talk to him about what it's about. He actually has a undergrad in um, design, uh, master's in design, and then he was like, "I want to learn furniture design." So it's kind of like, so he's got a master's in furniture design, and he's going to talk about. Tell us about is the, that. Is the opposite of me then? He's got all the all the qualifications, <laughs> right? And and but it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it matters. You have the. I'm really glad that you haven't ever let that stop you. It doesn't seem like that's been a big thing. That's because it doesn't. Nobody ever asked me about my degree. Nobody <laughs> ever asked me about what my GPA was. They look at the work, just like you have work. They look at your work and they see, hey, do I? Or they look at you in line and are like, he's a jerk. I don't want to work with him, you know? Or they say, yeah, I do. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks, Carl. I really appreciate you being here. And thanks, for everybody else for being here. All right. Well, I will see you guys next week. Carl, I hope you sleep good tonight and have fun I'll at try. the dance party next Wednesday. Will. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me, Diane. Take care of yourself. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.